welcome once again, everybody. <laughs> we, I see you got your al aloe, you very much mug again. Um, this uh, is my I'm, favorite mug. My little sister got it for me. That's a great mug. This this one is one that I I, I yoinked from Star Kitty. It's it's rise. It's got the, the the lady on the top. I like it because definitely you know coffee helps rise helps helps you rise from from the coffin. Mm. So guys, we're we're on another episode of Bandwidth and Banter, and oh my God, it's a it's a great one today. I'm so excited! <laughs> right, we we got our our best bud and and uh, and friend of the channel and uh, watcher of D and D Spud Solutions is on today, and we're super stoked. Um, he's just an amazing person and uh, very talented and very well-rounded and fa well faceted kind of interesting person. There's lots of layers to peel about about spud and i'm looking forward yep. to uh peeling a few of those away for for everybody with with these questions that we have uh, come up with so uh uh for all you folk out there uh, our followers and his followers thanks again for joining us and uh let's get right down to it we're gonna introduce the man of the hour literally this hour hour and a half <laughs> spud solutions uh say hi to everybody spud Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome in. <laughs> the, he's a well-rounded potato. Got uh, me. <laughs> well-rounded potato. I like it, right? Right? So, uh, Spud, please start off by introducing yourself. Tell us just a, a quick smattering of, of the thing that, uh, you know, you think, you think stands out the most about you and your stream. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, well, my name's Spud. Uh, Spud is an in-real-life nickname that I actually have. Um, so finding something to call myself on the internet wasn't difficult at all. Um, about my channel, like, I think, you know, what people can expect here is just pure truth. I guess, like, you know, me, me being straight up with people mm -hmm. almost all the time. Uh, I, I, I don't, like, you know, don't mess around um, without letting you know I'm messing around. Mm -hmm. um, I tell bad jokes, and um, <laughs> I just enjoy kind of, like, waking up in the morning, streaming a couple hours of uh, a video game that I can really uh, focus on, really, really enjoy. Uh, and then having laughs with the people in my chat because uh, I think Twitch is a very welcoming place uh, to make friends, especially if you like video games um, as much as I do. So uh, I think it's a, it's a good place to make friends in the sense that uh, you can't make friends in real life, uh, especially if you have like some, uh, <clears throat> uh, like I guess, you know, introvertedness mm -hmm. uh, like I do. Um, it's a good place to feel comfortable at home and still express those, you know, feelings of friendship and kinship that we need to express with one another. Right on. I agree. Uh, yeah, I must say that being in your your streams, watching you you stream, uh, you seem very authentic all the time. It's one of the things that drew me to you and why I enjoy watching your streams. And um, uh, I. I I know Druid will echo, we agree with you, that uh, Twitch is just this great space that it creates, you know, and even if you're not an introvert, 
you know, it, sometimes people's real life gets in the way. Like there's no convenient time or space to meet people and make friends, right? And um, yeah. Twitch helps with that. So yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. So thank you again yeah. for joining us. Uh, yeah, we're going to share his links uh, in, in your ways to contact him. Guys, make sure you, you follow and check him out. Uh, but for, for today, we're going to jump straight into to the action <laughs> of, of the interview. And uh, we're going to get kicked off by the lovely Druid IRL over there. Mm-hmm. Please share a boring fact about yourself. Boring fact about myself is that I get really pissed off in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's something we can all relate to. Yes. Do you have any specific examples slash stories? Uh, well, my biggest pet peeve in the world is when people break through their turns, um, especially if you're turning right. Like, you, you, you turn at a tighter, you turn at a tighter angle if you accelerate. So it only makes more sense to not go slower through the turn. Agreed. So don't, don't sit on your brake when you're taking a turn. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, brother. That happens every single time I drive here, <laughs> every single time. I'm like, oh, my God, why? <laughs> yep, and Fate, Fates is um, when he's backing out of a parking spot and people drive behind him, even though he's been clearly backing out for enough that they have to, like, swerve out of the way, mm-hmm. that is when he is the most enraged it's like seriously no, it's, you can uh, just stop and let me out <laughs> i think i think i'm so mellow like in person and on the internet it's, it's because i just unleash all my rage when i'm behind the steering wheel <laughs> i i can it's, totally it's, relate it's almost like it's almost like a uh, it's a it's a therapy i don't have to pay for if you, if you don't count the gas mileage <laughs> right on right on that's yeah that's very true um yeah it's funny how we turn into different people behind the wheel of a car for example druid Mm -hmm. is this incredibly courageous brave person in real life she's so terrified of driving she doesn't do it (laughs) don't drive at all for the safety of all humankind you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) i have one less person for you to get mad about (laughs) Can appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, jumping into this second question, you sort of touched on it at the beginning of your intro of yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my next question is, how did you pick your Twitch name, which you kind of explained, but can you go into more depth? Uh, what was your inspiration as far as, you know, why is Spud your nickname and, you know, how did that evolve? Um, well, how I got the Spud nickname? Um, when I first moved to this area, um, this was after I finished school. Um, I actually had, I, I tell people I'm, I'm pretty open about where I live is the Washington DC area. Uh-huh. Um, I'm pretty, pretty sure that that's a, a vague enough, uh, term, uh, for, to deter any psychotics away from really kind of like seeking me out. <laughs> um, the last thing I do, like I even, I love these jackets that I wear at my workplace. Um, I wear them all the time at home, but like as you can see, I tape over the logo. Uh, one of my one of my mods gets on me all the time about that. She's she she likes to she likes to dig at me for that. Um, <laughs> but like I uh, I I think the Washington D.C. area is pretty vague. Anyway, when I first got back here um, after college, um, I started working for a uh, 
an internship with this like high school sports media company. Um, and I knew this actually had a pretty good friendship going on with um, my anchor, um, which was the field anchor at the time and the kind of the producer. Um, and we were all just getting along, having a good time. And someone had told me to go prep a high school football player who went by the nickname Stud. Um, and I had misheard it altogether. Um, <laughs> and so I went and got my B-roll and I said, uh, I came back and I said, all right, I got some catching drills with uh, Spud over there. Um, do you want me to get some, get some of the other drills? And they were like, who? I was like, Spud. And I pointed at that player that he mentioned and he said, his name is Stud, but your nickname now is Spud. Um, and then so. It just, it just like, and we had known each other, but we just got like for only, you know, a month and a half. So it's, it's kind of that, you know, beginning of a fresh friendship and right. um, it just kind of stuck with me. Uh, and I actually really liked it. Um, I took that nickname with me, especially whenever um, I was in a workplace with another person with my actual name, mm -hmm. um, uh, I would use Spud. Um, and so, you know, even some in real life friends, uh, will call me Spud, um, like out in public, and it's what I use when I order coffee at Starbucks. So it's like it's very convenient. Right on. Um, and the uh, so originally it was Spud Sensations, and then that one was already taken. That was weird. Um, someone came up with something very similar to that, <laughs> uh, and then then uh, Spud Solutions I thought was pretty much uh, the best I was going to get with that with that kind of deal. Um, and it worked out perfectly with Twitch. Like I didn't have to put any numbers or hyphens in my name, and I was mm -hmm. I was ha I was happy about that in that yeah. regard. Right on, right on. It's a great name. It's uh -huh. a great Twitch name. It really it is, is so good. It's fantastic, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I hope you don't mind that I like that, that I've given you the nickname of Tater Lord when you're here. At no, no, it's a great nickname. It's, <laughs> right. it's, it's one of my many on Twitch. I've now acquired. It's uh, <laughs> it's a favored. Right on, right on. <laughs> it was so good. Back to you, Druid. What D&D class do you consider yourself to be IRL? Uh, well, it's actually, that's the, the, the most perfect question for me. Um, coming from you, which would be a Druid. Um, <laughs> I, when I did do a brief D&D uh, &D campaign, uh, I was a Druid um, Dragonborn. Um, oh, so nice. like it was it was an interesting thing like I I had spoken like I had this weird I had the weird skill where I could speak five different languages right. and it was like very convenient um I had like an ice cone that I could spray out of my mouth so you were a blue um, dragon I was a I think it was a white oh, dragon. white dragon right right white sorry um, blue is lightning then, white is, is cold yep and then I had like a spirit um spirit Baltimore Raven, like, like specifically uh, Baltimore Raven, because they had that like <laughs> really thick skull, and I was like, no, I was like, you are not giving me a standard Raven. I want the, <laughs> I want the chunky lad, because that's <laughs> more chunky lad or druid, chunker Raven. <laughs> I actually have two Raven tattoos. Oh my goodness! See, see, what an appropriate question coming from druid. So yeah, that's perfect. Right Join on, the right army on. army of druids, let's go! Right on, what was, the, what was the name of your druid? 
Uh, I used one from, I actually, so I write fantasy as a hobby. Um, so I used one that I used in a similar character uh, from a race that I called Gorgons. Um, and I just named it, named it after that character. It was Ateo. Hmm. Um, so A, um, it was A apostrophe T-E-O. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right on, right on. Yeah. So, uh, Tater Lord, <laughs> what, what drew you to Twitch? Uh, well, I've been watching Twitch for at least 10 years now. Oh, wow. Um, wow. I've been watching Twitch under a different name uh, that was actually my uh, kind of like Norwegian name growing up from my grandmother. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't want to use that specifically because it, it wasn't like a like it wasn't a fun name like mm. I consider Spud Solutions to be. Mm -hmm. uh, but the... I think I I just watched Co Carnage for like years and years and years. It was I woke up and watched Co Carnage streams before I went to work, and that's what I loved. Like, it was a feature of being able to watch someone play new video games, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and be a like a good streamer at the same time. And like he is like Twitch's dad at this point, so um, I. Like, I do take inspiration from him, but I don't watch him with the frequency that I did. I What I love about Twitch now is finding streamers like us. Like, you know, people that have may, may have, a, like, not do this for a full-time position, but do this because they love it. Um, and the opportunity to make friends and play video games with people, like, on Twitch. Like, I'm looking at myself over on my left-hand screen. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm on Twitch. Nice. Um, <laughs> and, like... Uh, and then just something like that. So it's, that's that's what drew me to Twitch. It's just uh, the opportunity to play video games and use it as a platform to make friends. Right on. Right on. First of all, I have to say you have a very nice smile. Yes. Thank it's you. Yeah, you have a very nice smile. Um, <laughs> had to throw that out there. <laughs> um, what did your friends and family think about you? What, like, when you like told them you were gonna start streaming and stuff on Twitch, everyone's so confused. Um, they're like, <laughs> I, I, I almost like to this point, don't bring it up. Uh, I, you know, my parents know what I do. Like, they they know what I do. I've shown them videos of me doing it. They could care less. Uh, their their video games, like they're growing up with video games with my parents was very difficult. Um, I finally had to like. You know, I quickly realized that if I want to experience video games at the at the exponential rate that was like my addiction to them, <laughs> um, like I had to start shelling out my own money for it. I can just depend on my parents. Um, so I think like that automatically will just discount them from watching any of it. And all my like, you know, I do have in real life friends. I'm not like a total shut in, mm -hmm. um, but I do spend a lot of time like just. Like I said, you know, at home, um, if, you know, not, not working out, not at work, um, not hanging out with my little friends, I am at home because I do take my energy just from recharging in, in a personal space. Right on. Very um, cool. So, like, my, my in real life friends, they know what I do, but, again, they don't care. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. We, we can uh, totally understand. <clears throat> so, mm -hmm. uh, on that note, what struggles did you deal with when you first started streaming? 
It could be related to friends and family, or it could be related to tech or related to anything that you want to share. Ooh, I think uh, my biggest struggle was like getting sound down, like mm. struggling with audio is like the worst for the first couple of weeks. And mm. then just like, I guess after that, it was just finding consistency with it. Like, um, I guess when you first start, like you, hey, Willie, I'm sorry, I just see one of no, my, you're... one of my key people there. <laughs> um, the uh, one of my, I guess, struggles was like, you know, wasn't getting the immediate reaction that I wanted to when I started doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, of course, you, you always want to be engaging with an audience, and it's difficult that w- when you're playing a game and you want to, like, say something funny, and it's just, like, blank screen. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I said that to no one. But, uh, uh, but at the same time, it, that taught me to, A, talk all the time. Because mm-hmm. I think that is what made me a better streamer is just like talk like someone is watching. Um, so and then people would, you know, find that more engaging. And even times like, you know, it's just like, I guess that was then the next kind of step was just like, all right, I got to get better at like finding a topic to to dwell on. Or at least if I'm not talking about the game, I'm talking about like some sort of like in real life situation that people can like draws, you know, a familiarity to. Um, so it's it's i think it's everything that you know everybody struggles with is when they first start here is finding the consistency i think that's yeah. probably the number one i mean that's anything when you start with a new hobby though so yeah yep um so what tips would you share with future streamers we have a couple of people in our community that are going to be starting streaming or you know are, are thinking about it or they're brand spanking new mhm what what tips yeah. do you have for them? Well, just be yourself, number one. That's like, be, don't try to imitate someone that you find popular because it's, it's, it's never going to, it's never going to be exactly as they present it because everybody's different. Um, and that's what, you know, being yourself is mm-hmm. uh, the, the draw uh, for people. So people are going to come to watch you because they want to come to watch you. Um, so I think that's, you know, be, remain to be authentic. Um, and I guess, you know, hearkening back to just find, find consistency, find, even if it's like, for me, I think what worked out was just like, when I, when I wanted to start, I wanted to do four hour streams at 10 PM to 2 AM, uh, because that was my, what was convenient with my work. Um, but at the same time, it was it was draining me. I would, I would work a ten hour shift and I come home and have a four hour stream, and it's just like, yeah, I technically can go to bed and get eight hours of sleep, but can I can I go to sleep after playing video games for four hours? <laughs> like, probably not. <laughs> like, I've, um, so it's just like finding then like you know mitigating that to like okay, I'll stream two hours every morning. That way I can still you know hit the gym for thirty minutes before I go to work. Um, and you know, still have a healthy lifestyle because <laughs> like nope. it, that's, that's also important is just Agreed. remaining healthy and like, you know, it's finding balance and, you know, like any hobby, uh, you have to treat it with some seriousness. You can't pick it up and expect to like find immediate success. Some people mm-hmm. do, uh, but that's a very rare occasion. So again, like with anything, you just gotta be consistent about it if you want to 
find if you want to find like a career out of it i don't know like finding a career from twitch i i don't want to be <clears throat> negative like yeah especially in an interview but let's be realistic it's not especially these days like mm -hmm. everybody yeah. is doing this if you want to stream on twitch you got to do it because you love it right you, yeah you can't you can't do this to think it uh, is an opportunity for you um the market is very saturated right now yeah. as they would say yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i can <clears throat> definitely relate to what you were saying earlier about uh about uh not trying to emulate some streamer that you you uh i mean i can't i guess relate is the wrong word um i understand what you're saying though and i guess i i was fortunate in that i came into the game without ever having looked at twitch really at all to be honest with you i started mm -hmm. streaming straight like I originally wanted to do YouTube videos and the whole point for me doing Twitch was to get used to doing stuff in front of the camera. And instead I fell in love with being live in front of the camera. There you <laughs> and, go. and so uh, I'm, I'm fortunate that I can be my most, most authentic self because I don't have any anybody on Twitch to look up to. But uh, uh, I do still feel like that even if you are being your authentic self, you also have an advantage in that you were obviously ex experienced on Twitch, so you kind of have seen what works and what doesn't, and and seeing good qualities in streamers, and and um, I think that's one of the reasons why you have a great stream, and it's going to continue to grow. Ah, uh, thank you, man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, next question, then, what do you enjoy most about streaming? Uh, what I've enjoyed most is the friends I've made, like especially some of the closest people like even even yourself like included like it's 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 finding finding familiarity in people like i really enjoy sitting in at home on saturday nights and watching you guys play dnd like wow. it is it is actually like just being able to sit here and listen to the story overall. Like I, it's come to the point where I'm starting to turn down my video game sound so I can hear you more closely. And oh, like, wow. I'll just focus on the nonsense with, like in silence while you guys are doing your thing. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, but it is, uh, I think like, yeah, it's just the, the friends I've made along the way. Um, and then, of course, like finally figuring out my Twitch payout, and then getting like a six hundred dollar paycheck in, like, like just because I I like didn't take the time to work on that. It's just like, oh yeah, that that's nice. It's a thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll use that for taxes. Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, and enjoy Bizin the most. He's a uh, he's a king amongst men. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All hail. Um. I understand you love to cook. Can we expect any cooking streams in the future? Uh, I want to. Um, I have uh, some technical, like, cap like the the technical capabilities would be hard. Mm. Uh, my my thoughts on figuring those solutions, uh, not involving potatoes, um, <laughs> is, is like a longer eth like a USB C extension, so I can bring my camera in there. But then I don't have a, like a, a sound uh, like element, um, so I would still need to figure out a way to send audio to my computer from my kitchen. Mm -hmm, um, but mm -hmm. once I do, like you know, once I can find a, once I can conceive 
a way to do both. Yeah, like a lapel mic would be amazing. Um, I should probably, you know, do that. I mean, it's not <laughs> cheap. This was, I think, 300 bucks for the set. It's the yeah, wireless yeah, no, go-to. Uh, go that sounds yeah. about right for, for a wireless lapel mic. Yeah. Uh, but it would be worth it, especially if I, you know, got some good cooking streams. And lapel mics are great because you can literally move around anywhere in the kitchen and not have to worry about, like, being near a microphone. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, it's it's certainly convenient in that regard. So, yeah, I would love, as soon as I'm, like, financially uh, comfortable and making the correct purchases to move forward, cooking streams are for certainly in the works. Right on. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on that topic then, what is your favorite food and your least favorite food? Uh, well, like to make or to like Both. just enjoy Both to general? make and then like, consume. you know, to, to consume. I guess like to make and consume, like if it, if it's homemade, uh, it's gumbo. Um, mm. Like homemade shrimp gumbo is probably my favorite uh, just dish to sit down and like sit down on my love seat, put on like an episode of HBO and then like like get lost in a food coma. It's it's my favorite dish to just <laughs> um, just seriously enjoy. Uh, I guess like my least favorite uh, anything involving zucchini. Uh, my parents, my parents like were the health nuts growing up which i blame my weight gain now it's just like well this is why like i'm 60 pounds after high school is because you never gave me pasta like you just all you did was cut zucchini into the spaghetti and, and put marinara sauce on it and you're like yeah that's it's pasta night everybody i'm like that's not pasta <laughs> um, so that is probably zucchini is my least favorite thing to eat Hmm. Right on, right on. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, like uh, Star Kitty, when she makes uh, my favorite dish, which is her Thai curry, sometimes she puts chunks of zucchini in it, but not always. So if, if we ever get a chance to make that for you, uh, we'll make sure to leave out the zucchini. <laughs> Thank you. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> Heard a little rumor. Uh, what is this obsession with seafood market videos? Yeah. Um, so maybe I can, can I share my screen? I don't know. No, um, unfortunately not. <laughs> the uh, Travel Thirsty um, channel on YouTube, I guess, is the best place to like really explain it. But basically what I find extremely cathartic if I'm ever editing at home um, or at work and I need to put something on a screen that isn't Twitch, um, the number one go-to is like these uh sea market butchery videos where you, you just watch people pull live fish out and then like make turn that into whatever fish dish uh it's it's a little brutal uh but something speaks to me and it's like i probably should have been a fishmonger in a previous life like <laughs> no no doubt i was like somewhere on the docks uh with the scraggly beard and salt spray uh, on my shoulders with yeah. uh chopping some eels or something because that just seems very uh like a, a life calling i may have missed how, how did you stumble into this this uh obsession <laughs> i don't know it was weird i think it was just like because i love watching cooking videos on youtube mm. um, and then you know one recommendation goes to another and, and, oh, and i yep. guess yep, that like how... it, it it was like youtube was just like oh here is like 
what you probably were in a previous life narrowed yeah. down to your past previous three searches. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's how I ended up with the um, I the, the Korean street food videos. Oh, those are great too. Yeah, those yeah, are those are amazing. Yeah, so good. The, definitely, YouTube can be be a be a, a rabbit hole for sure. <laughs> um, speaking of rabbit holes, please tell us what what is a speculative fiction writer. Um, so speculative fiction is anything uh, covering like non-traditional fiction elements. Uh, so we're talking about fantasy, science fiction, and horror mm -hmm. are the kind of like the three main subgenres. Right. Um, so if you ever read like uh, the Game of Thrones books, that is a fantasy book. Right. Uh, if you ever read um, the books that The Expanse are based off of, uh, which is Leviathan Wakes and all, all of that by Gems Essay Corey, those are sci-fi books. Right. Um, so those are what is considered, you know, speculative fiction. Um, I love speculative fiction. I've been reading like fantasy books since I was a kid. Um, I grew up reading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time, uh, which is like probably the greatest fantasy series ever written. Basically, the best way to describe humans' ascent into godhood, um, if you ask me. Um, but if you, <laughs> so. Like, that's basically my whole background. And then I started writing fantasy probably in uh, a little bit before college, uh, through college, and still to this day. Hmm. Awesome. So what mm -hmm. makes it, what defines uh, fiction as speculative versus not? Is it uh, that it's, it's basically speculating on, uh, on, on, on possibilities? Yeah, I think it's just a, I think it's just a name to distinguish the... Uh, that kind of subgenre. Mm -hmm. um, I can't necessarily attest to like why they used the word speculative, um, but for me, it's just the way to identify, you know, fantasy, uh, science fiction, and horror, because those are elements that you would find, like, you know, fiction, you could consider like this is something that could happen in real life mm. rather than, uh, you know, George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones, like, I, three actual dragons are not going to actual hatch. Uh, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Trying to commit suicide, yeah. So. yeah, like, yeah, so, for example... That's likely to happen in real life. Right, so, you, like, you could have a book that's about some, uh, you know, I don't know, some drug dealers fight, fighting somewhere in the world, uh, and that's, you know, based in a real-world kind of thing, and it's fiction mm -hmm. because it's not a real story, but it's not speculative until it's like, oh, there could be dragons or there could be some rogue AI or, you know, there could be some aliens or, you know, speculation of what might be. I see. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So, Druid, <laughs> this is a good question. <laughs> favorite book and least favorite book? Um, oh, geez, that's a bad question. Uh, a bad question. So like... Ooh. <laughs> Lay it to his authentic man. <laughs> uh, I guess like what what is my favorite book? Uh, I guess it's like the book that I love the most. Like what if what if I reread you know a thousand times over? Mm -hmm. um, can I actually re can I rephrase the question? Sure, sure. What is what is one book that has left a lasting impression that you still reflect on randomly? For example, okay, if I can, I can give you an example. Mm -hmm. There's this book called The Buried Giant. 
and it it talks about grief and all of that kind of stuff and it's a it was a it's it every once in a while that book will like pop in my head and i'm just like dang that was such a good book okay um So, I want <laughs> maybe like I I want to see Brandon Sanderson's uh, Warbreaker. Um, is probably what I would might put there is in terms of like a lasting impression for a book. I go through so many books. It's like it's hard to say like what I've like is my favorite. Um, honestly, I it's the first thing that popped into my mind when you said favorite so I, I guess i just would stick with this but it's the county monte cristo oh um, nice by, um sorry uh what's his name alexander dumas um uh, alexander dumas um it's it's I, I read it when i was you know 13 i've probably read it like you know probably a dozen times by now it's it's still such a classic it's a it's a, it's a great you know just narrative and it's what stuck with me the most uh the worst book i've ever read well i've read sarah palin's book the one that she uh. released uh back in 2008 so i'm going to say that that was probably it <laughs> how did you how did you make your way through that just morbid uh, curiosity my mom bought it and i read it for fun oh <laughs> okay <laughs> all right uh wow so uh, this it's interesting the the gamut of things uh since you're since you're a, a, a obviously an avid book reader uh i have two favorite books uh, obviously this interview is not about me not about, but about you but i want to share this just to uh mm -hmm. spark an interest in you maybe um my two favorite books are for obviously different reasons than each other but what one is uh jonathan livingston seagull by richard bach and it's a super simple book. You can read it uh, on the toilet in probably an hour if you're a fast reader. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but uh, it, pretty neat, fun book. And, but the other one is the opposite. It's called Tertium Organum by P.D. Auspensky. He's a mathematician and philosopher. And it, it baked my brain. I read it twice and I still don't understand everything in it, but it just is amazing. He talks about all kinds of strange concepts including uh trans infinite mathematics and all kinds of just weird crazy stuff so if you ever get a chance to read it tertium organum um tertium organum yeah t-e-r-t-i-u-m organum but um anywho uh i think oh yeah next question here we go um oh yeah tell us about one of your favorite stories that you wrote um I guess I'll go with one that I've actually gotten published. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Which is what I'm most proud of. Uh -huh. uh, but I wrote a ghost story in 2017 and submitted it to a like uh, local DC kind of like literature mm -hmm. magazine. Right. Um, and it was published for, uh, you know, just for that month's uh, edition. Nice. Um, I submitted it like, you know, three or four months beforehand. Uh, sat down with an editor. Uh, I got a call from an editor like two weeks later after I was like, oh, I'd probably never hear from them again. Right. And then I got a call and they were like, hey, uh, let's go over some things in your piece because we might consider publishing it. And then my heart fell through my uh, my butthole. It was a fun experience. Uh, but the, my, Having your heart fall through your butthole is a fun experience. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, Sorry. I had to. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
my so what I wrote was uh, I got inspired by a very specific painting. Um, if you if you Google it, it's called the Lansdowne painting, uh, portrait of George Washington, um, and it is a you know relatively famous painting. Um, and in the War of eighteen twelve, um, the one in the White House went missing. Um, so no one's ever found it. And I always thought that that would be like an interesting story, like right there. Mm. Um, so it took me a while to form it and I've always wanted to write a horror story. So what I wrote was basically like a haunted treasure of, um, a ghost, uh, basically passing on, or I'm sorry, like a man possessed by a ghost passing on information of a treasure and upon accepting this information, the ghost and haunting then passes on to that man. Oh. And he slowly goes through, you know, the, the terror experience until he finally figures out that he needs to find this treasure, um, which leads to oh. him experiencing like uh, a kind of like a flashback. I hate using the term flashback, but mm. like, <laughs> like yeah. a re-experienced uh, the War of 1812 in which he was able to locate the missing Lansdowne painting and it solved a financial issue he was going through. Um, so it was kind of like a, a lucky treasure find that helped him spur success and like find happiness afterwards. Um, but he had to get possessed like, by a ghost first. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he was haunted by a ghost. And that is awesome. I love it. Yeah. I will, I will happily submit, uh, submit to you a copy if you are interested. Oh, absolutely. Yes. yes both of us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm not a fast reader, but I like reading. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, it is only, it's a short story. So I believe it's only, uh, I want to say like 13 pages. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Perfect. Wow. Pivot over to you, Druid. All right. So we're changing subjects. Mm -hmm. writing. A little bit. A little bit. What is the least interesting place you have traveled to? And don't say like the bathroom or the grocery store. We meant like when you actually Sweden. had to outside the state, you know. <laughs> uh, I want to say Sweden. Um, really? Like it was. It's like, have you have you seen really cool like European old architecture like in Germany? Yeah. All right. Imagine that was like Bud Light and that that bud light is sweden um so it's it's like it has like the really cool old swedish architecture and it's just like cool i'll see plenty of cooler things all over europe like this is this is very like generic and boring and, like, oh my god i, I would to stockholm is gonna be so like, heartbroken i went to stockholm and i was just like wow <laughs> like american colonialism like Thank God that happened to like in terms of architecture to Washington D.C. Because if it, if it was anything like this, I'd move away certainly. Uh, oh, don't tell Ezo guys. This Ezo. is a secret. <laughs> Unless he's in chat today. <laughs> oh wow. no! As soon as he said Sweden. So. Uh, um... I love that answer so much, though, by the way. It is. I'm it's authentic. I'm 100% going to yep. be teasing Izo for it. Uh -huh. I'm telling. Right on. 
So Spud, uh, again, shifting gears a tiny bit, getting deeper into the into the crazier questions. What is the weirdest sleeping dream you have ever had, and the weirdest place you have slept? Oh, cool. Um, weirdest dream I've had. Uh, I have this. I have falling dreams. I don't know if you guys know what those are, mm-hmm. um, but it's you know you you fall and then right as you're about to hit the ground you wake up and and you have kind of like a sense of shock and you for me i wake up suddenly and then usually i shock whoever is in bed with me it's uh it usually scares the shit out of them mm-hmm. um so <laughs> um that then uh so i i don't get that as frequently but i guess the weirdest dream i have is just like the like i've had a alligator dream where i was in this house and i like my number one fear like you will never have me living in a state that has alligators in it <laughs> in terms of wildlife uh-huh. uh, because like they literally are dinosaurs they survive through everything they're apex predators like <laughs> they are not to be trifled with um yeah. that being said my i do want to move to australia so <laughs> you want um, to move it has the worst so, like, critters kinda, in the world. I'm kind of screwed because they have the largest of any subspecies of alligators living there. Um, but any or uh, get, uh, the saltwater crocodile, I should say. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the <laughs> um, so I had this weird dream where I was running through a house. It was literally everywhere was alligators. Like the the pool was like literally looked like the zoo feature of alligators and as i was running and finding I, I couldn't find any free space and i was i was terrified um so wow. that was the, probably the weirdest dream that i ever had that i still remember yeah um weirdest place i slept uh i used to teach uh wilderness survival in the boy scouts mm. um and <laughs> There was one night where I slept in a badger den, uh, buried in the neath of a, uh, in the bottom of a stump because they had, the badgers had left it at the end of the night. And it was kind of like a, a, a little bit of a dare slash, like, I'm 19, look what I can do. I'm very stupid. Like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any fond memories of South Korea? that you could share with us? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you... South Korea is such an endearing country. The people are so friendly. Um, and I am super happy my family decided to live off the military base rather than on it, as do you know some military families choose to do. Um, which, you know, let me like be able to experience more of the Korean part of the city rather than like, you know, going to the military base where all the white Americans shop and like practice church or like, you know, mm-hmm. go to like youth groups and stuff like that. Like being able to do that in like parts of the city with like people in which I didn't speak the same language. So, <laughs> and doing that, like also to me, like before that it was Southern Alabama. So, like, going from that culture to Korea was, like, night and day just, like, oh, like, by the way, it's not white people everywhere, like, all the time. And, like, Christianity isn't, like, believed by everybody everywhere. Like, it's kind of, like, opened my eyes culturally. Mm. And I think, like, honestly, that's what I really took away from what I loved most about Korea was just kind of what it did to me in terms of just, like, 
oh, okay, the world is a much bigger place. Like, you know, just be a better human in terms of not like. So that's that's what I took away from it. Um, if you like like nice countrysides, hikes, uh, beautiful like landscapes, like Jeju Island itself is tremendous. Um, and then Seoul is this like one of the largest cities in the world. Like it's a fun time in its in its own right. So Korea has a lot to see. Um, you should definitely go there because they are super American friendly, um, unlike other Asian countries. Um, just saying, like you know, compared to other Asian countries, mm-hmm. you will find very friendly people towards Americans in Korea. Um, and yeah, it's it's great. Uh, I can't wait to go back again. Right on. That's awesome. I, I, I love I, that. And I know what you mean. Uh, traveling abroad uh, definitely expands your horizons and your understanding of people on this big blue ball. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I like what you said there, and it's very true. Um, uh, so, uh, totally different, not super deep question, but a fun one. Mm-hmm. So, Spud. Uh, if I were to grab your mawashi and you grab mine while a referee is yelling at us to begin, what are we most likely doing? Sumo wrestling. <laughs> and tell us more about this. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy uh, sumo wrestling. It's weird. Um, <laughs> it's a sport that I was watching when I was in Korea. Like... They actually would broadcast Japanese sumo wrestling on the Korean channels, oh, and yeah. it was cool, like being able to see that because it was either that or American syndicated Lassie or Mork and Mindy. Like, that was my <laughs> choices. Like, um, uh, and then uh, so sumo wrestling was pretty cool. And coming back to America, not a lot of people know like sumo wrestling or like consider it as a um, viable sport. It's like. Americans honestly do think it a bit more of like a joke sport, I think. Kind of because it's like the, you, you see the imagery of people like really fattening themselves up. Um, but it, there is a lot of athleticism uh, yeah. in sumo wrestling. It's very impressive. Um, unfortunately, this sport is in a dark place right now. Oh, it is? So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very kind of like um, there's a lot of dojos that get kind of like negative images of abuse coming out of because you you know you you you, it's that classic kind of like almost caste system in Mm. in in that society where like those those above believe that they can belittle those uh those beneath yeah and so when you start in sumo wrestling you start at like level seven of like or i'm sorry like level 10 of 10 and you have to slowly progress your way through the ranks until you're at the very top and that's when you actually you know, make the money. Uh, but until then, you're either abused at your dojos or you're exploited by the Japanese mafia, which of course is the Yakuza. Um, so it is wow. It's a very kind of like weird place where sumo wrestling is right now. That's wild. It's interesting mm-hmm. that, that, that you know this, but obviously, you know, since it's uh, something that you follow and in, in, are interested in, that doesn't surprise me that you would know that. Uh, mm-hmm. but I had, I had no idea that, <laughs> you know, that, uh, wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> that is tell, super cool. tell us a little bit I more about, about sumo wrestling and any, any particular, like, do you have any particular sumo wrestlers that you're, uh, um, 
a fan of from the past or current or uh you know not necessarily uh unfortunately like, especially in the past like um it's just i've never kind of like identified with a specific super wrestler and was like uh it's like oh i'm gonna watch everything that he's ever done uh, it's just kind of like what's on i'm just going to watch like kind of conan and i think with the sport there is a lot of like introductory um because there's a lot of people who want to get into it because it is seen as a very um financially like uh opportune sport like if you if you make it to the top you're gonna make a lot of money um kind of kind of deal um so people do it still because they think that they're gonna walk away to kind of you know kind of walking away with the, with the with the millions um but the i guess i'm sorry i kind of like lost track here here okay. um but like kind of all of that aside it's it's a very simple sport um what i like about it um the you can't you can't touch the ground with anything but your hands um if you or your opponent leaves the ring you lose um, and then basically the first one to touch the ground with anything but their hands also loses. Um, so and fee, it's, right? it's very in that regard. And that's why like um, weight wins all. Mm. Um, that's what that's why it's because there is no weight classes um, like there is with like, you know, American wrestling or American um, uh, MMA or boxing in general. Mm. Um, there is no weight classes. So the bigger you are, the more chance of uh, success you have. Uh, but there is if you Google um it's not something hard to find, especially if you do a cursory YouTube search on athletic sumo wrestlers, and you can see guys that are really mobile in the ring. And yeah. can, like, it's really fun to be able to watch them be like, give it, zip around these bigger guys and then heel trip them because uh -huh. they know physics as well as like, you know, mobility. So it's, yep. that's what also I find pretty cool and unique. Right on, right on. Oh, that's so cool. Um, have you ever been in the cockpit of a passenger jet? Or do you perhaps know somebody who has? Uh, yeah, my dad is a pilot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my dad is a pilot for Southwest. Uh, he's been a pilot pretty much all I've known him uh, throughout his life. He, he, he was a helicopter pilot in Fort Rucker, Alabama when uh, he was stationed there. Uh, and then he flew Dash 7s in Korea. Uh, Dash 7s are a kind of like an old spy plane. Um, hmm. Basically, he flew over the North Korean borders and took pictures. And I do remember um, a very specific night, American military, if you're listening, this actually didn't happen, so shut up. Um, <laughs> he, he came in with some pictures like, hey, you guys want to see uh, North Korea? And he's like, and he's showing us pictures. He's like, this is a bakery, and like, this is a facility, and being like, all like, kind of cool stuff like that. Um, and then, and then when we moved to uh, the DMV area, the Washington D.C. area, um, he flew dash. I'm sorry, um, G5s, which is like a private kind of jet. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was a warrant officer, which is this weird kind of like sub-branch in the military because usually you have your enlisted and you have your officers uh, and you have your warrant officers, which is kind of like a weird subclass that's in between, um, mainly reserved for pilots and like, you know, um, operating people who operate vehicles. And like, so that can, I think can be applied to tanks, but I'm not too sure. Um, anyway, 
he was a warrant officer four by then, so he was flying like more exclusive clients, like um, usually con congressional members or high-ranking military members. He was flying with all the time, um, so he would come home like and be like, "Oh, I met Lindsey Graham the other day." Like, like when back in two thousand five, that was actually kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. So, remember that time you met that jerk? Like, <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, the so that's just kind of the kind of like his career through the military. So now now he does uh, he's retired. So he still he still has like a twenty year pension uh, from the army, and then he sits on that with whatever he's raking in from Southwest. So nice. he's uh, he's he's living in large right now with uh, my sister is about to give birth um about to be an uncle here uh within Whoa, a couple weeks congrats um, so right now he's in alabama with her and her husband so right on, nice. right on. congratulations thank you thank you so we're we're uh we're zeroing in on the last couple of interesting questions for the interview before we uh um do the outro and and, and open up the floor to questions from you and in the audience uh, I do have an off-script question when you're done. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, before, did, did, did before you we do... close up. All right. Okay. You want to do it now? Sure. Do it. Go um, for it. So what got you into your career path? Like, we talked a little bit before we went live about what you do. Mm -hmm. But why did you decide to go into career you've chosen? What, 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 what was the, like, why? Like, what, what was and, the thing? And please clarify yeah, what we're yeah. talking about for the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so a lot of my audience knows I work in television. Um, right now I am a lighting and set designer. Um, so I do a lot of work um, on set uh, in terms of lighting and set design. Uh, recently, actually, too, I've been doing a lot of directing uh, and a lot of editing. Um, for my television station. So I'm hoping to use that in order to kind of progress my career to do something a little bit more on the production, like like being a director or a product producer uh, for kind of like, you know, as my next step in my career. Uh, originally, I went to film school, uh, went to Penn State. Uh, I have a film degree and an English degree. Um, and then <clears throat> um, I started in the movies uh while i was in while i was in school um so i worked on the dark knight rises uh i was in the pittsburgh scene which was shot in the football stadium um i was just an extra um i didn't do too much but just kind of like stand around and be hot all day because tom hardy was having was having heat strokes um <laughs> and then i was a pa on looper with the Ryan Johnson film with Bruce Willis and Joseph Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I was also a PA on Lincoln when it was shot here in Southern Virginia. Nice. Um, so, and I actually worked with Daniel Day-Lewis, and I have a story in which he yelled at me because I brought him his coffee in a Dunkin' Donuts uh, cup and not in a uh, like a ceramic teaware set like he had requested. Because uh, he he's a method he's a method actor and they're they're really into that. Wow. Um, so, but I didn't like I didn't like movies. Um, I worked you know I worked in movies a little after college. I worked in California for a little bit, uh, but I didn't like it. Um, and then uh, I came back home and I worked uh, kind of like I worked at uh, an internship and worked 
I, I was doing a high school sports stuff, which is kind of where I want to take my career. Mm -hmm. I love sports media, mm -hmm. um, and I would love to work in that industry. Um, and at the same time, I was working for a like a party company, which I would do stage construction and light setup um, for like company events, uh, or a lot of the times was bar mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs um, here in the Washington DC area. Um, and then, um, I, then I got my current job um, at the TV station that I currently work in part time. Uh, eventually, after, I think after three years, I became the department head. Um, and now I kind of co-run the department with my production manager, um, who does a lot of the, the productions on staff there. So. Wow. See, I told you guys, multiple layers of this onion to peel. <laughs> Wait. Wait, you never answered the why. Uh -huh. why? why why do why? i do this yeah why like, oh, this like is... what what was the drive like what oh what? i went i went to i i took a so i went to penn state and uh my freshman year like everyone does we take a bunch of nonsense classes mm -hmm. uh i originally went in thinking i was going to be a history major uh but then i took a film course and realized that i could have a career out of that and i was like are you kidding me because i do nothing but watch movies or tv kind of like you know you know, like actually like narrative television. Right. Um, uh, so I do nothing but watch that all day. And if I can like work in that industry, that'd be awesome. And so then I just did nothing but focus on that because it's not working for me when I'm on set. It's like something I love to do. Fun. And right? the fact that now that I'm living in a single apartment, <laughs> doing that is like such a satisfying feeling. So yeah, kind of a little bit of like I, I made it, you know, still can go more forward but i finally proved that like you know i can have like the extraneous degree mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh and, and make a career out of it right on that's awesome. so cool oh it is so right cool. Druid? <laughs> huh i said right you're right druid it's so cool <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh last couple of questions or both are basically the same question related to but they're so they're either or questions all right. They're, they're, I know reality isn't really black and white, but that's okay. We're going to have fun with these, these last two. These questions need hard answers. Yes, that's right. So here we go. First one, sushi or sashimi? Ooh, sashimi. Okay, if why? I choose, yeah, sashimi. Why? Uh, I just, it's, it's like you're, it feels like guaranteed more meat. Um, I love yellowfin sashimi. I think mm. that's my favorite. Um, I also do love, uh, what is it? Uh, eel. Uh, I forgot what that's the, the name for that, but Mommy. like eel, eel sashimi, uh, mm -hmm. that's really good too. So right on, right on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, all right. Next then, uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Get, get out, get out of here with that. <laughs> do you like your coffee black or, or treated black. with black? No. Oh, okay. Nothing else. It's just black. Uh, so what kind of a roast do you like? Like medium, dark, blonde? Uh, I like to usually have a variety because uh, mm -hmm. I feel like I am tasting different flavors now. I feel like I do have, like, I'm a little bit of a coffee sommelier, uh, if you ask me. I'm just, I'm a little bit of a pro at this point. I could tell you, like, if it came out of a Pete's bag, I could tell you if it came out of a Starbucks bag. Like, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a coffee kind, master. Of, kind of a pro at this point. She but, um, is literally a love, coffee master. I do love like kind of medium roasts because I still get that, like I still get the buzz. 
-hmm. but mm -hmm. like it still is like up a more in-depth flavor than what I mm -hmm. would get with like a like a blonde roast. Mm -hmm. I don't um, like blonde roast. So there's some blonde roasts I like. Um, I don't like Starbucks in general. Um, <laughs> if you ask me, you need to drink Pete's. I, okay, so I am not going to lie. There are a lot of way better coffees out there than Starbucks. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I happen to work for a particular coffee company. And... Um, you, you don't want to tell him you're a master? You, you've achieved your mastery master. status? I am actually a coffee master. And I, I actually work for Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, so I'm just... But I will say, though, like, Pete's has some really good coffees. Like, I'm not even... I'm not going to be biased in my love of coffee. I'm drinking Death Wish coffee today. The Death Wish is good. Yeah. Med have you had their medium roast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had I've had every iteration of Death Wish, I believe. So um, Black Rifle Company... Uh, Black Rifle Coffee is also really good. They yeah. had They had some... Uh, I think some unfortunate, like, bad uh, picks, or I'm sorry, like, bad kind of, like, social media with that Kyle Rittenhouse character. Yeah. So, like, you know, if that ever deterred you from Black Rifle, please don't let it, because it is great coffee, and they are a good company with are, a good cause. So. Yes. I, I'm 100% going to agree with you with that. Like, it's an American company. They support their troops they're they're just really like black rifle coffee coffee company if you want to support an american brand go for yeah. it it's a yeah, great coffee that. great brand great things that they're standing up for so but yes so you two are, are would be the the connoisseurs the 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 elites of coffee i i'm the guy who uh you know um uh you know, drinks cheap beer, <laughs> but also my coffee's cheap. I, I, my favorite coffee is is a Randall's grocery store brand, K, K cups, <laughs> and uh, hey, like compared to Starbucks too. I don't know, I don't know, but that's that's, I that's what I like. So. <laughs> yeah, I I took my whole lunch the other day discussing how Starbucks over roast their coffee, mm. and it just. You, there, you don't need to roast the shit out of it. You just really don't. You really don't. But Pete's uh, coffee is really good. Like, their dark roasts are phenomenal. Yeah, the uh, Major Dickinson is probably a family favorite around my house. Uh, um, the... Uh, I think the Sumatra roast might be my favorite. Uh, for like Sumatra? Yeah, probably. Um, I... Never really thought that I would enjoy a more savory coffee, but I actually really like the um, the anniversary blend that Starbucks came out with. It was it, it was I was like pretty shocked. I was just like, oh, this is actually not that bad. <laughs> I had more of like a savory like sage and you know, yeah. I just can't drink Starbucks anymore. It, it's okay. It just I don't feels, blame you. It feels yeah, like as you said, like they over roast their stuff. Mm -hmm. Well. <laughs> I have a conspiracy theory about it, but <laughs> we won't go there for today. So speaking of, we've reached the end of the regular interview. We're going to move into the, uh, the last phase and I'm going to let Druid handle that, that transition. <laughs> uh, before we hand over questions to chat. So chat, if you have any questions for our dear Tater Lord, please throw them into chat. 
We will get to them or try to get to them. Ask those questions, please. Um, we shared a link, please. If you are not already following Spud Solutions, this is your time now. Go deal with that. Go follow him. And if you're following him already, give him your money and subscribe to him. <laughs> don't, don't listen to her. Do it. No, you must listen to me. I'm just saying right now. <laughs> you have share to your love and support, right? Right, Duran? We got to share our love and support of, of Tater Lord. <laughs> the amazing Spud Solutions. You guys are too much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes i've been told that um do you have anything that you wanted to anything else you wanted to share did you have any questions for us did you have anything that you just kind of wanted to touch on that you're like let's can we talk about this please like um i guess it, just for anybody that doesn't know me uh just if you do consider following my channel just know that you know i do keep it pg-13 um, that's what I'm all about, uh, and I like my chat that way too. Uh, just not in terms of like deter anybody, but I just want to encourage more people to feel free, like they can come in, but not feel like they need to be a. You know, sometimes like I, people can be quite vulgar, and that can be comforting to some people, and that can dissuade other people. So I just wanted mm -hmm. to create like a safe space for everyone. Um, so just I really appreciate that, and then yeah, that's I guess what you can expect from me um as well on my end uh but i don't really have any questions necessarily for either of you um maybe we can, i don't know like what is everybody's favorite movie they've seen recently oh recently oh don't ask me i don't so fun fact about me i don't watch movies terrible i know i, I know i agree with you okay, there, but... so my poor husband <laughs> is a big fan of movies mm -hmm. and then i am just like you expect me to sit down and watch a movie. But I think I've finally figured out why. It's because I have a hard time when it comes to like the like because like I need subtitles because I'm deaf. Mm -hmm. I can't hear anything. And so my husband doesn't like subtitles. And I'm just like, I can't hear what they're saying. But then when I do have subtitles on, I can't appreciate the actual movie itself. Yeah. Like, so. I can understand everybody's perspective there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'm terrible. I don't watch movies. What about you, Stormy? Well, <laughs> I, 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 a good movie that comes to mind is a is a, is a tough one. I, I'm a big movie buff, but I, I haven't partaken as much since the pandemic because uh, I always wait for them anything that I want to watch to come out. I can tell you something that I literally just watched this morning when I had insomnia that I wish, I wish I definitely wish I didn't have insomnia for two reasons. One, because I would rather have been sleeping, and two, because I'd like that hour and 24 minutes back. <laughs> Whatever you do, if you were intrigued, I was intrigued by the idea of uh, poo, blood, and honey. That, that, that's, that kind of, I don't the know if you've heard of it. With the Winnie the Pooh, right? Yeah, because, the he, whole movie, uh, because the Winnie the Pooh the series has up. gone into yeah. uh, public domain now. It's not owned by anybody. <clears throat> they made this horror movie out of out of Pooh and, and Piglet. And I thought it was an, an interesting idea. Okay, someone's getting creative with, with this. I thought it would be, oh my God, it was, it wasn't one of those, it wasn't so bad that it, that you could like, like it poked fun at itself and you could enjoy it almost like a comedy. 
it was just bad, like exactly. just so bad. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I kept hoping that there would be some payoff at the end and then there just wasn't. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> so That's don't see that, don't waste your time. A tough feeling. <laughs> How about you? What, uh, what's the most uh, coolest movie you've seen recently? So it's, it feels a little bit past, I, I'm gonna say somewhere within the past two years, but if you haven't seen um, if you haven't seen the new Dune movie, oh, like, yeah. do yourself a favor <clears throat> and, like, especially if at all, like, sci-fi intrigues you, like, please just watch it because it does the book justice. Yes, it does. Like, oh, it's, okay. it's, it's actually, like, really good. Like, Dennis Villanueva, like, nailed it. Right. In, if you ask me, they got the, they got the atmosphere perfect. Um... Unlike the first one, if you guys like, I think that's like why people are so deterred to watch this one because they know like, like how bad the first iteration. See, of I don't was, feel like, like the, the first 70s. iteration was that bad. Like it, it, you're right, if you have read the books, that it doesn't. Mm -hmm. it, it definitely does a disservice to the books because it tries mm -hmm. to cram multiple books into one movie. Right, mm -hmm. I totally get that. But if you hadn't read the books and you just take the movie on its face value at the time that it came out. It was actually a, an entertaining and interesting sci-fi movie, and it, it's not mm -hmm. terrible. Uh, but yeah, no, they, it's yeah. it's a it's a good concept. And I remember my like, my dad was like, my dad was the reason why I read Dune because he he loved that movie, and like he was like, I remember talking to him about it, and I read the book, and then I watched the movie. I was like, Dad, this movie is bad. Like, there's nothing in this movie that's like. Was like <laughs> they just took the the very basic stepping stones. They did. The, the You're new, right. The new one, it is does does makes all the right moves. Like if you you know, like you know authors write books for reasons and can be descriptors for reasons, and the movie does a good job of taking out the parts that it needed to take out and keeping in what was important and keeping like if you watch like the 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 dune with uh david lynch it's like it's almost feels like wizard of oz like mm -hmm, like mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. that's what it feels like yeah this one is like oh that's like the setting i wanted that's because like that feels sincere mm -hmm. this is like so i very much want to encourage people especially watch it now because the sequel is coming out later this year right so. on right on i concur it was a, it was a great one for sure <laughs> Uh, any, uh, any questions from, from our audience? Uh, we, I see Wheelie F is in here with, with us. Good to see you, Wheelie F. <laughs> um, Wheelie F says gator meat do be delicious though. So speaking of that, on that, that topic, while we're waiting for any poten potentially interesting questions, if, if there are any out there, the, uh, um, you say you want to move to Australia, where it has mm -hmm. a critter that you, you, you is the thing you fear the most in the world, but it also has every other critter on the planet that we all fear the most, from spiders to snakes <laughs> to, to like a in the centipede. Like it's got so many terror scorpions. It's got the the worst of everything. Oh. <laughs> do you have you ever been there? Have you traveled there? Uh, yes, I actually have been to Australia. Oh. Um, I was much younger when I uh, when I was there, 
Um, I and I really would love to go back because I have such great memories from it. Like, just remember, like you know, doing all the touristy stuff because I have Australian friends now. <laughs> like, thanks, thanks to Twitch, and uh, <laughs> and I've I've been oh, able to speak to them about it. And some of them just be like, oh yeah, all, all the touristy shit like that you did when you were younger. It's like, damn it, it's like I thought I was original. <laughs> um, but the uh, like so like I remember going to like this big landmark called the Three Sisters in like I think it's a little west of Sydney. Uh, and just like this, it looked like the Grand Canyon. It's like these these large, like gorges of red rock, like dotted with trees. And kangaroos are like deer out there. They are everywhere. Like you, you can't you can't see like you can't go anywhere without seeing a kangaroo. And also cockatoos are everywhere. Like like the trees are just lined with cockatoos. It's very kind of like bizarre. Like. That's what I love about, and I think that's why I'm like a druid in D and D's because I just love nature and like mm. cool animals and stuff like that. And I think that's what's the biggest draw to me for Australia because, like, I'm also like in terms of like that would be a great place for my career if I wanted to take a route of like nature photography or like nature videography, working for National Geographic stuff like that. And so like Australia, Australia would also be kind of very much ideal in that regard before we jump into it looks like we do have some questions from the audience before we jump into that i do want to clarify I, I, it seems like i'm bagging on australia i'm not really i i've been curious to go there myself i've been in new zealand twice uh which yeah, obviously is, is a, like the, we only bag on sweden right in this right interview. right yeah only it'd be even better if Izo were here so we could bag on it more but no did <laughs> no, somebody though. clip that at least Come on. I have to send that to Izo. Yeah. Mr. I had to pick on Druid for everything. <laughs> Seriously, though, yeah, I, I do. I, I'm curious about Australia. It seems like a really cool place. And um, so, but dude, jumping back to this first question uh, that David Goth wants to know Harkonnen, Atreides, or Ordos on the topic of Dune? See, like, Atreides is like, it feels so cookie cutter at the beginning. Mm hmm. Um, like it's a good guys like we we love like these large swaths of forests and waterfalls and nature peaceful places on on planet atreides mm -hmm. and then like we're gonna go and turn this like desert around like like it feels like very kind of but i love like what atreides turns into especially with like what paul turns into by the end of the second book and kind of like his sons are like these weird kind of like alien like earthworm <laughs> humans um so it's like yeah i think i have to say atreides just because of what they turn into and kind of like it just becomes very bizarre sci-fi and i love it right on right on uh looks like banana tom wants to know what are your top three games of all time top three one of them is witcher 3 for sure mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. witcher 3 wild hunt is probably in my opinion the best rpg ever made uh it's it's a good action RPG with like wide varieties of character builds and just this massive map. And what I find uh, most alluring to about it is I've replayed this game four or five times and I've still found stuff that I've never found before. So mm. it's it has a lot to it. Um, so that's what I really like. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> I guess other games in that regard, um, I put, <laughs> I wouldn't hate to say Gwent. But like I have put three hundred hours into it, so so I, I guess I had to say like Gwent's probably there too. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, and then just like 
I guess like recently, I, I want to say, I want to say recent game. But if you have a PlayStation, um, play Ghost of Tsushima. It is an experience. It is a fantastic historical perspective of the Mongolian invasion of Japan. And it's not a lot. It's not something in history that's talked about a lot. Mm. So you get a highlight of history that you don't hear a lot, and it's very accurate and fun to play. So right on. Oh, that's cool. Jared, mm-hmm. do you want to ask the last two questions there? Yeah, I was. Um, Wheelie, Wheelie F asks for Spud. Favorite concert you've attended? Not mm-hmm. asking for favorite artist, but a specific show or tour. Well, my favorite concert I've been to is um, the July 4th, 2015 concert uh, in Washington, D.C. after Foo Fighters released Sonic Highways, in which they collaborated eight different songs with music artists all over the countries. And if you ask me, this, this album has actually really gotten better over the years. It's really fantastic. Um, but the... The whole idea was that they would just make different songs in different cities and take, you know, musicians from those cities to inspire kind of like how those songs were would sound. Um, and then the DC stop was the last stop in their tour, and they brought everybody they did the album with, including like LL Cool J, uh, Joan Jett, um, you know, wide variety of people. I think Zach Brown Band. Like it was just cool. And then it was like a 12-hour concert followed off with like a three-hour Foo Fighter concert to end, end with. So it was it was just great. I went with my brother. It got rained out. Uh, I remember like being very uncomfortable standing in like five inches of rain uh, with my brother standing right next to me. But I got to be about five feet away from Dave Grohl when he came out. And fun fact, uh, the show before he did this one was in Sweden, uh, funny enough, where Dave Grohl broke his leg. So another bag on Sweden. Because um, he, he had to have this concert in, on his rock throne. Uh, you can Google that. Uh, just Dave Grohl rock throne, and you'll see what I mean. Wow. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Wheelie F also asks, um, also, what are you doing today with Lars? Lars? <laughs> Laird? Lorez. Uh, Lorez is my German friend who is visiting... Uh-huh. Uh, in town. Uh, we talked about this off stream, uh, but I have a friend uh, who we met on Twitch uh, who is visiting myself and one of my other mods. Um, so oh. we're having a lot of fun. Today we went to um, Great Falls National Park, which is in the northern parts of Virginia. It's just mm-hmm. a nice little waterfall that we have here from the Potomac River. Nice. Oh, mm-hmm. freaking cool. I want to see that someday. I've honestly, yeah, I, could, I, I could put some pictures up in I, your Discord. I lived in Virginia Beach for a, a, a month or two and uh, really enjoyed it. And I've considered, uh, Starkey and I've considered moving to Virginia and so, in the future. But, you know, there's all kinds of different places that we're looking at, you know, if we were ever to move. Um, but, uh, yeah, Virginia's a beautiful area. It's like... It's it's a, it's it's, it has its good and bads. Oh, like everything, for sure. Like every sure. state. <laughs> but like weather-wise, it's in what they call the Goldilocks zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's 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 a you get you get to experience seasons, but it's pretty warm most of the year. Right, mild. Right, exactly. At mm-hmm. least you don't. I mean, sure, you do get hot, but at least you don't have eight months of ninety to one hundred degrees like you do here in, not, in, in not, Austin. Not that much. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, looks like the last question from the folks out there, Kill DGS, 
game franchise that ended that you think still had tons to offer? Well, how can I say game franchises that never got its feet off the ground? Because sure. my heart is still very sad about Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Um, <laughs> I'm like I'm still like very heartbroken about that game because uh-huh. it sounded perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I feel you. I feel you. Wow. Well. <laughs> Same. Willie's F same. Yep, yep. And Kill says, I'll take it. <laughs> Holy crap. Spud, you're amazing. You are the Tater Lord. Uh, Thank you so much. I had so much fun talking with you guys. Hell yeah. You, you're just a wonderful person. And it, it's an honor to have you guys have you on our show because you you know you vibe so well with us. And I'm honored that you spend so much time with our D&D stream. And um, uh, you know, everyone out there, please uh, go support Spud. He's 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 worth your time and your effort and, and your money. That too, <laughs> and we love him dearly. So, um, thank you guys. Uh, anything else to add, you guys? Um, we're trying <clears throat> to get enough money where Spud can now get a lapel mic so he can do cooking streams. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <clears throat> we're yep. trying to get some tater lord cooking streams so let's uh do the that. road wireless go to <laughs> for spud yeah that's it Good send them somewhere out there to dc just be like we're looking for tater lord hey it looks <laughs> like ildacine has one last question before we close it out best potato recipe mm. uh what is it uh david hasselhoff's favorite potato um the one that it's like it's like sliced down uh you basically it's a baked potato but you like put like a lot of slices down it and you stuff it with like cheese and bacon uh i I think it's like hassle-backed potatoes or something like that yep they're so good oh man you know what's really good you know it's also a really good potato recipe swedish potato pancakes Mm. just saying yeah they are amazing i agree with you there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all righty yep someday we got to see some spud solutions merch for sure <laughs> all right maybe one day yes yes everyone thank you so much for joining us uh spud thank you for joining us on, on the show today and uh we'll, we'll we're gonna wrap up with the folks and uh appreciate you coming sir see you guys wow Another amazing episode. I'm so happy to have, have had, had Spud on the show. It's I feel so exactly good. what you're feeling, right, Druid? Yes. It, it's, um, I think that was absolutely wonderful. Um, honestly, like his smile I know, is right? so charming. So charming? I can't, yep. I can't yep. get over it. And I'm uh-huh. like, yes, smile, Spud. Look at you. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah, like uh, uh, he's he, he's our, our peeps for sure, and uh, yeah. I can't wait to have mine again someday in the future as as all all of us grow. Imagine a year from now what it's going to be like for all of us. I think it's it's a beautiful vision, and we're gonna we're gonna do It'll it. Be so good. Mm-hmm. All righty. So good. Well, I'm gonna let you outro us there. We'll we'll wrap up for today, Druid. Um. Thank you guys so much again for coming to Bandwidth and Banter. Thank you to everybody that popped in from Spud Solutions. Uh, um, 
community, thank you guys for coming by and supporting us and being taking part in this and supporting our Tater Lord here. We appreciate you all so, so much. Um, I think next week is for Bandwidth and Banter is uh, just no next regular... next week is actually going to be another guest star two in a row which is a little bit unusual for us uh, uh wait is that right nope no he <laughs> was the second in a row right because we had yep. our tology last week yeah sorry yep. <laughs> i'm yep. a little confused next week next, next week is we're just chilling talking ttrpgs yep yep ttrpg yep. day and then after that we'll we'll have someone so um it's going to be a surprise for all of us. Thank you all again yeah. so much for joining the show and uh, have a good one. We'll see you later on. Make sure you check out our Love streams. You. I'm sure, Druid, you're streaming later on today, right? Are, are yeah. you? Okay. All right. <laughs> see you guys. Love have a great one. Goodbye. Goodbye.